All right, so you might notice that this week there are a few things that are quite different. For one, there's some new fan fancy lights behind me. Two, I finally gotten a haircut. And three, yes, I am no longer in a black turtleneck. Wow, yeah, I know. I've gotten some feedback that I need some color. So yeah, I'm perceptive to feedback, you know. So anyway, breaking news, New Zealand has officially, officially eradicated COVID-19, apparently. Um, it does sound pretty insane, but apparently it's true, you know. I am very intrigued because I thought Singapore would be the first country to do so, but apparently Singapore is not as authoritarian as I thought, maybe. New Zealand managed to do it, um, or rather Jacinda Ardern, so the media is trying to frame it as. So... This week, I have my friend Ethan from New Zealand, and we're going to talk about what's really going on there, down under. So, Ethan, thank you so much for coming on. What's up, Gabe? Thank you for having me. It's a blessing. I love it. All right, it is great to be talking to you again, Ethan. Uh, could you just, you know, for the fans out there, give a super quick introduction Hi, I'm Ethan Lewis. I'm from New Zealand. Um, I've been doing some stuff with PragerU. Unfortunately, I've been a little bit offline, but I want to get back into it. And yeah. Yeah. So a bit of backstory, guys. Um, Ethan is another international member of PragerForce. We met at the international PragerForce retreat where PragerU, yeah, they flew 11 of his kids down to um, 11 of his kids from every continent down to Los Angeles to form an elite task force of elite. young conservatives. Yeah, I mean, I'm kidding, but I thought it would sound a lot cooler that way. So anyway, they... It was just they, as cool. I don't know yeah. what you're on about. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it's just as cool. Anyway, they see, they decided that it would be a good idea to put the Singaporean and the Kiwi in the same room. And man, I am grateful for that. I'm grateful because we really got along. And hey, now we're even working on a video series together with our friend Augustina from Argentina. Um, go check that video series out on Ethan's Instagram. So yeah, that was definitely a blast. Uh, but we all know what happened when we came home. You know, I came home personally to a place looking like a plague apocalypse with temperature checks at every building and oh gosh so you know i thought a good place to start today's episode is you know so this was back in january ethan so how was it like for you when you returned home from la well i remember i do remember this when i was on the taxi going to the airport i saw videos coming out of china of like you know just people <laughs> in masks about the start of it and i was like all right what's happening here and um I got off the plane. I had a terrible plane ride because on the way back, I was sitting next to a liberal. On the way out there, I was sitting next to some people from the Air Force. I was sick. Um, but nothing really happened at that time when I got off the plane. It was more or less lots of people just being watchful. Um, the government was being very watchful of coronavirus. Um, what they could have done then is they could have shut down the borders immediately. And then we wouldn't have had international travel, but our country would have still been able to operate. We wouldn't have been able, we wouldn't have gone into lockdown uh, because there was no international tourists or visitors. So it just would have been business almost as usual. Yeah. Um, so did, was, you know, the leadership in New Zealand, were they taking 
the advice from the WHO or were they sort of doing their own thing there? No, they were taking the advice from the WHO. Mark my words, but I believe, mm-hmm. no, mark my words, I would bet money on this. If anyone wants to take me up on this offer, um, that our Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern Jacinda will be working for the UN in a couple years' time because she's just doing whatever they say and they're <laughs> going to love her. I can see it happening. I can see it happening. She has the face and the character for it. So I can definitely see it happening. So, you know, fast forward to today. Um, Actually, no. Could you tell me what was the worst point at which this coronavirus was in New Zealand? What was the what was the peak? What was the worst point? Okay, so it was the point where you cannot leave your house unless you were going to get food, food and vegetables, or if you were an essential worker. And if you were an essential worker, you were allowed to go to and from your job. That's it. Or if you're um, a support worker for the essential services such as essential service might be, you know, a farmer maybe mm. trying to think and his digger breaks down. You need someone to fix his digger. Like my dad, my dad fixes that sort of stuff. Mm. And yeah, that's the ba- the point of it. You weren't allowed to travel up and down the country. All right. Your dad's a digger fixer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I just thought that was a funny way to put it. Oh, my dad's a digger fixer. Yeah, it's not not what he is. It's not what he is, but um, yeah, <laughs> yeah I get it. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so pretty similar to how it was like in Singapore, I guess. The we have this thing we called it the circuit breaker, and I think it was pretty similar. Um, weren't allowed to go out for non-essential things, you know, and stuff like that. So now, fast forward to now, we have officially not we you. You guys have officially eradicated the COVID-19. Is that true? First of all, is that a lie? It is true. It is true. How did it come media. to it? How did it come to it? I'll tell you how. Because if you went outside, you got a ticket. Or if you <laughs> kept on um, disobeying the rules, you went you went to prison. That's what they said. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that is garbage. I can't even leave my own house. I mean, I'm, I'm from a relatively small town. Uh... And pl- all right, this is gonna sound like a dick move, but I don't care. The people that were dying in New Zealand were like 97-year-olds. They were on their last legs. It were people from rest homes. And I'll be honest, if you died from Corona, and you were in a rest home, you were gonna die from the flu. So, doesn't matter. Um, yeah, that's relatively that. Yeah, I mean that had to be said, you know. And I think that is that is the politically incorrect sentiment that a lot of people are trying to put out there. I mean, people do not want to hear this, that, oh, yeah, I don't care if people die. But, I mean, to be frank, <laughs> people die. <laughs> yeah, people die. I mean, it's sad, but they were going to die. We're going to get so food. much flack for this, for saying this, Ethan. I, I am telling you, we're going to get so much flack. But that's just the unfortunate reality of the situation. And when you measure the economic impacts and at you know, when you measure things, the amount of people who die and the amount of the amount of mayhem that you cause by, you know, locking everything down like this, it's it's does it really make sense? And that's what the media would try to avoid. That's the question that the media does not want you to think about. So I know, I know you're pretty into the you know, you were mentioning that there was a huge cost that came to, you know, eradicating COVID-19 in New mm. Zealand. So what are some of those costs that you would say 
Well, many businesses shut down because they just couldn't afford to continue paying their overheads while they were in lockdown with no revenue coming in. Um, for instance, my family, we own a small little business. That's my mom and my dad. And um, they were down 20% of what they were last year in revenue, uh, which is massive. Um, uh-huh. And that goes the same for lots of other businesses. But what the government were doing, they were just um, handing out lots of free handouts. Like I got two grand because of my job. No and way. Wait, how yeah, old I are got, you? I'm 20. I'm 20. Yeah, we're the same age, right. Yeah, oh, I didn't get age. any handouts. <laughs> Come on. Okay, yeah. And you're voting on. for the wrong government. You got to vote all left wing. Just I massive. Can't, I can't wing. even. I can't even oh, you vote. Don't vote. So. Yeah. <laughs> Obama. I mean, you just vote for this left wing government, and you just get money for sitting down yeah, on the. Yeah, we do. Nothing. We do not have any left wing government or right wing government. As I've that's. Obama. Yeah. So, what other cost that? What. What was the cost of eradicating this nasty virus? So just mainly businesses getting um, uh, facing very bad revenue. Sorry, mainly businesses that were getting really hit hard because they weren't able to make as much revenue as they were last year. Uh, the NZX, which is the New Zealand Stock Exchange, you know, we're having big hits. Lots of people lost some mo- lost. Lots of people lost some money on that tourism. Um, I'm not sure if this is still true, but Burger Fuel announced they were going bust huh. burger, burger oh no burger king sorry burger king burger okay do you know what burger king is yeah we yeah. have that here as well so yeah yeah they went bust in new zealand because of it man Whew. so lots of businesses right. really did so face the heat mainly so economic i guess economic issues was is the main thing i mean just you save the, the you stop the disease right but at what cost and the disease I mean, it's deadly, but look at the amount of deaths per amount of people that are saved. It's not as deadly as, like, Ebola. Right. And This is what I'm wondering here, because here in Singapore, we had the exact same... I think we had more or less the same sort of um, measures that we took to try to eradicate the virus... But what is puzzling me is why New Zealand has been able to do it, but Singapore okay. has not. And and Singapore has, the government here in Singapore is a lot more authoritarian than in New Zealand. So this is what is, you know, it's making me wonder. So do you think it's actually because of Jacinda Ardern that, and her leadership that has brought New Zealand to this point? What special thing has Jacinda Ardern actually done? I don't think it's just into a drone. I think it's the New Zealand people. I had this, somebody mm-hmm. DM'd me after not my Black Lives Matter video um, before that. And he, we had a little talk about, you know, why New Zealand is so much more, we're going to call it a, a far more submissive state than the US. You know, New Zealanders, we have this attitude of, she'll be right. And that's, you know, you kind of <laughs> go with the flow. You kind of go with the yeah. flow. You know, nothing's going to happen. Um, and this is a sort of attitude we have in New Zealand that if we just follow whoever's in charge, we don't have to do the homework. We'll just let them do it because that's their job. And we'll just relax. And I think New Zealanders are far more likely to um, mm. just go with the flow and say, she'll be right. I trust the government. Um, even when – and they'll – sorry. That sounds gonna, very familiar. That sounds very familiar, the she'll be all right. 
I can't yeah. say that the way you do the right way, but that sounds very familiar because that it, is exactly how it is here. People just trust in the government. But, you know, this does make me wonder because I do have this impression that, oh, yeah, everyone in Singapore, we just blindly follow the government. But this is making me wonder because there have been so many people who have been breaking the rules and getting arrested. So it's it does make me wonder is Singapore slowly getting out of that state where everyone's just obedient. Um, you know, if I were the government, I would be a bit worried because, you know, with the with the younger people, they're getting a bit more rebellious, you know, and perhaps they're not as obedient as as our older generations. And we're, you know, we're all exposed to the Western Hollywood media. And mm. we, I don't know, that is definitely something to, to think about but so you think that the people being really just listening to the government and following the rules uh you think that is what really brought new zealand to this point yeah i i know this sounds bad but i'd really like to say that new zealand has a lot of sheep in it um this is one of the things we highlighted in the conversation with a friend of mine who we talked about and it's really scary to think about that because New Zealand really does, we'll just let things happen. We're very liberal mm -hmm. here. You know, we had uh, no gatherings over 100 people. And then we had a massive 4,000 plus Black Lives Matter protest. It's, it's stupid. <laughs> it's really hypocritical. Yeah. And it's getting to the point where it's, no, it's getting, it's a big slap in the face for business owners. Um, we also had a system where the police put a website up where you can knock on people who, um, you know, disobeyed the lockdown rules. Oh, First man, two days. Yeah. First two days, 4,000 people knocked on uh, New Zealanders. Yeah, and it's really embarrassing because I don't want to be known as a nation full of snitches. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I think I think this is uh, this is very common all over, and it's happening everywhere. You know, you've been you've been seeing the news with what's going on in the U.S. I think the some governor or whoever they were encouraging people to snitch on their fellow Americans to, mm. if they were breaking, you know, social distancing rules and all of that. I say this to people. If you would have snitched on me, you would have snitched on Anne Frank. Shame on you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, this Singapore though, I do think Singapore is definitely becoming more Western. So Singapore is becoming more Western, but in my, my opinion, it's, not going the right kind of Western. It's just, go, you know, especially the younger people. I mean, Singapore has always been Western compared to other Asian countries because of our colonial history. We were a British colony, so we did have that start. But now in terms of the younger generation, you know, it's becoming a bit more liberal and Western in the sense of, you know, what I always say, the left's the left's definition of westernization which is uh, not a good thing in my opinion of course so so back to the you know the covid thing so i think the key here now i am i think i'm seeing it now that even though singaporeans we are you know we follow the government i think it takes a certain I think it takes a certain level of character and sort of a decent level of social responsibility. Uh, there's a common saying here that Singapore is a first world country with third world citizens. With the <laughs> people there, uh, 
<laughs> so look, it's a collectivist society, but people are very, you know, self-centered and the, you know, a bit. I guess in New Zealand, you guys, would you say that you look out for each other a bit more? Well, I can't really compare us to Singapore because I've never been. I, you're the yeah, only true, that's true. I've really but, to. And from your experience, uh, do you feel that New Zealand is generally, you know, they look out for each other. They yeah. have a sense of brotherhood, you know, fellow Kiwis. Um, that's Definitely. what I'm thinking. Right. Definitely, like we hate Australia. We hate Australia. <laughs> it's it's a yeah, mad I mean, rivalry. It's, it's I these don't things, even like you know. It's these things in that right. are in the culture, you know, that it bring you together. So New Zealand yeah. has these things that come naturally because you know it's well, just we love them. it's just a, yeah, it's just this culture, you know. In Singapore, the, all the culture is manufactured. It's all just things that we were fed from the moment we were born in in our education system and everything. All our culture is just a set of. It's just a story that we're told, and I think that really has a deep effect. A deep effect. It really badly affects. Affects. Goodness me. It badly affects the culture, and I think this is just uh just a result of what happens when you don't have a, you know, a strong culture. You don't ha- identify with each other. You don't want to look out for each other. Combine that with a system where the government. You know, you rely on the government to take care of you for everything. So yeah, I think they definitely cleared it up. I think I, I think I get it now why New Zealand was able to do this and Singapore was not. That's the straight answer. So now, so we did, so that took a bit longer than expected, but I'm glad we came to a conclusion there. But um, now I want to talk about Jacinda Ardern. So. Um, so look, I guess in the same way that people here in Singapore they love Hollywood celebrities, Jacinda Ardern is basically the political version of that. You know, the same way Singaporeans they look at the Hollywood celebrities and they praise them for posting black squares on their Instagram, and they praise the Democrats for now. I think did you see the pictures where they're wearing the sort of African oh, yeah, scarf and posting that. Very, for photos? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, oh, yeah, there's such good leaders. And meanwhile, they criticize Trump for holding the Bible in front of a church. So now I know that Jacinda yeah. Ardern herself, she's pretty guilty of these pandering acts. Um, I'm sure you recall the mosque shootings after which she came out wearing a hijab. And of course, many Singaporeans I remembered back then, they were going, oh, yeah, she's such a good leader. And so my question to you is, you know, have there been other times where she has been up to these antics that the media might have missed that we might not have heard about? Not that I'm aware of, but mm-hmm. I think, okay, lots of people that protested the Black Lives Matter movement in uh, here, you know, mm-hmm. there, there have been many protests. She, yeah. hasn't, she hasn't started, you know, going out. She hasn't been making a very big public statement about how they're wrong, that, you know, you're giving a big slap in the face to business owners who have been locked down. Mm, um, you wouldn't expect it to, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you'd think, well, you should really be saying something. You should, you know, really stop this because this really goes against the whole, you know, 100 people in a space, that's wrong, you know. But she she mm-hmm. didn't say anything about it. She just let it slide. Yeah, interesting. So she's so, willing to let things slide if her, if her voters are generally the ones making it. Oh, there's politicians for you, I guess. So, you know, when Jacinda Ardern, she pulls stunts like that, does she get a lot of backlash for it? Do, do no. people call her out? No? Um, there's a few. There's a few, like, more conservatives. Okay. Like, we have um, one libertarian in our parliament 
I've met this guy personally. I've uh-huh. talked to him. Um, he's yeah, a cool dude, it. actually. He's a cool dude. Um, he calls you out on a lot of stuff, just publicly calls nice. you out. But I'm guessing like he does not have as much of a following as, you know. Oh, it's he, just one man. It's just the one man. He's got man, one he's seat he's a hero. He's, yeah, he is the, he is the man that New Zealand um, doesn't deserve but needs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so in contrast to the U.S., which is a system that we're a bit more familiar with, we're both more familiar with, how would you compare the political climate of New Zealand? Right. Our party, which we have mm-hmm. in power, is more left than the Democrats. Oof, that's so, really lit. That's where we are right now. So please help me get a visa, get a some sort of way to get over there forever. Yeah, I mean, for the... Uh, I want um, my AR-15 back. Yeah, goodness me. For any people who are looking to hire, what do you study, Ethan? Finance and Finance? management. That's what I major in. Finance you and management. If you're looking me. for a... Um, fresh out of college, student, really qualified, really charming young young man. Please hire him, get him it's to me. the US. And it's for me. all the ladies out there, um, yeah, you know, method for you know the reference. Anyway, <laughs> um, so now I want to get to the. This is the topic that I've been hearing a lot about. I hear a lot of, a lot about New Zealand's abortion laws as much as the. Um, as much as the general public here, they worship Jacinda Ardern, I swear. Um, there's a small, small pro-life community here, and they're always posting about New, Z- New Zealand's abortion laws and how we need to pray for New Zealand. Because apparently Singapore allowing abortions for up to 24 weeks is not as much of an issue for them, I guess. Which I personally, I do find it find it very hypocritical. But, you know, it's just an unfortunate result of the people here being afraid to go against the government in any way. So yeah, anyway, I digress on that. But from the looks of it, New Zealand's abortion laws, they look pretty nasty. Could you tell me more about that? So when this Abortion legisl- Legislation Act was passed in 2020, mm-hmm. it was done really under the radar while the whole country was in lockdown, too busy focused on um, too busy focused on COVID. So there wasn't really much backlash on it. She's really smart like that, you know, passing legislation under the radar. So there's not much um, rivalry, I suppose you'd say. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so the Legislation Act, the Abortion Legislation Act of 2020, um, basically amends the law to decriminalize abortion in New Zealand. And under the act, abortion is available. Now, this is the... This is the part you should know without restriction to any woman who is not more than 20 weeks pregnant. <sighs> so it's the, the key part, I think, is, you know, without restriction. So basically any for any reason with no reason whatsoever, you have a baby in your womb and it's um, it's been it's, no, it's 20 weeks old. You can just. Go kill it without any question whatsoever. You can go murder that. You just can commit murder straight out. 20 weeks. 20 weeks. You can go murder and make as much bloodshed as you want. What exactly was the motivation behind behind this? You know, what was do you know what was the driving factor between having to make it so extreme? Votes. Um, oh, you know, we 
we really pay attention to the U.S. like a lot. Anything that the Amer that American Democrats do, chances are we will follow suit. And you know, you had your guns, you had your hate speech laws, uh -huh. um, and now we've got you know our abortion oh, push. Yeah. Um, so that's really the big pusher, in my opinion. Also, she's really after young people, and you know, young people in this country are, are a big fan of legalizing abortion. In our student magazine, it even got talked about it. Um, this last week, it was part of you know, this is a hot topic: legalizing abortion. You know, it's really a big push, especially in the universities. Uh, wow. So it, it comes from the ground up, I guess. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so Goodness. Yeah, that's really... Okay, first of all, this I did not know that it was 20 weeks. Uh, here in Singapore, it's 24 weeks, which is... Yeah, even worse. more. But I, but I think maybe without the... The, the point about the restrict no restrictions maybe there are a bit more restrictions here i'm not sure but you know it just goes to show wow come on singaporeans the pro-life is i know i i personally stay out of local politics but these guys who are in the local pro-life movements and they're all going shouting about new zealand while just ignoring singapore's laws well goodness me but you know mm. back to that i just want to point this out that this is so dangerous this is one of my main driving forces behind what i do because whatever happens in america it affects the entire world whatever it it is, whatever the these liberal democrat leftists whatever they're doing with their abortions and their whatever open border agenda they're trying to do this is, I mean, this is very dangerous because it spreads really, it spreads really easily. This, it's something that people naturally, people want to hear this kind of stuff because it sounds on the surface, it sounds like it, it's a good idea, and it sounds like the, uh, I'm gonna quote you, the compassionate thing to do, and uh, this is really, really scary. And as I think, look, every single person I talk to, every conservative I talk to around the world they all told me the same thing that whatever whatever um the the left is doing in america their countries are following suit and i think yeah. that is very dangerous goodness yeah. me what do you think is the next what's what where do you think the direction of new zealand is going from here very left wing. I could really like. I know this is really stupid and conspiracy theorist, but uh -huh. I could really see New Zealand just following suit of what anyone ever tells them. That we really are willing to lie to lay down our lay down our freedoms if we'll be if we're told to. I mean, that's what happens in New Zealand. We are told to, hey, right, lay them down, give us your freedom, and we'll say, yep, sure, here you go, here you go. And we just do it. And I, yeah, I, yeah. Was New Zealand, was New Zealand always like this? Was there a time where New Zealand was, you know, it, it is fundamentally a Western civilization. Was mm. there a time where New Zealand had, you know, was more about liberty, freedom, and, you know, all that, all that good not, stuff? Not to the extent of the United States. Okay, yeah, of course. No. Um, I, I really can't name a time, to be honest. Well, I, not like in your lifetime, to, I guess. Not in my lifetime. Definitely not in my nice. lifetime. Um, yeah, no. that's an interesting point because, you no, know, I've always wondered, you know, if, 
um, Singapore, you know, we don't have that, you know, the, the, we, we are not a Western civilization, even though we were, we were colonized once. But I think the, now comparing New Zealand to Singapore, a lot of maybe the ideas that I have about my preconceived notions about how being a Western civilization might make things better. Now, I mm. think it just goes to show that if New Zealand is in this state, that really isn't the problem here. And the problem is just, it. look, um, going um, to, in, with reference to whatever is going on in the world right now, it really is not about race. It's I don't think it's about your race your who whatever culture you have i think it's really about it's it's just really about the individuals and education and whether whether the individuals want to seek truth out for themselves so i think yeah people that's are throwing a, out history this yeah. is i you know history does repeat itself and i mean this is a good example antifa antifa you know, the anti-fascists. Mm-hmm. And then you they're using violence to get their way. And, you know, Will Witt did a video about, you know, he asked people, who's this guy? Who's this guy? Who's this guy? Name them from yeah. worst to best. You know, I'm not sure if you saw that. That's my, probably my favorite Will Witt video I, now. I did. Uh, and and lots people, of people don't put, know. They, they're not taught about these things. No, they're not. And it's really scary that they're not. Yeah. And that's why, you know, what we do here, what PragerU does especially, this is so important and why I believe in it so deeply and why, you know, I'm very committed to, Mm. you know, I'm sure you and I both, we're out here, we want to do what we can to just put some truth out there into the world and do our part to try and make sure this world remains standing for our children to come and make sure they they know what freedom smells like. So, you know, final question, Ethan. Um, at the risk of fueling toxic masculinity, I'm going to ask you one final question. Jacinda Ardern, hot or not? Not. No, definitely not. She looks like a horse. I know that's really mean to say. Because well, a lot like of people, of yeah, I think a lot of people look at her and they, I'm reading Facebook comments all the time. They're saying, oh man, she is so, um, she's so charming and, um, good looking. I'm like, that is not what you look for in a politician. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you ask me, I look, I do think she looks decent from certain angles. She's a middle, she's a middle-aged woman. Look, come on. She looks Mm -mm. decent Mm -mm. at some points. Oh. But, but, no, no, but, 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 Ethan, yeah. From every other angle, uh, she looks like Nancy Pelosi. Oh, she does. <laughs> she does, doesn't she? Does. She does. She oh, does. Wait, that's a good, that's yeah. good, Gabe. That's good. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, uh, you're good... never going to be able to unsee that. Oh, no, that is legit. That's very good. I like right. that. So on that note, that. on that note, Jacinda Ardern looks like Nancy Pelosi. So on that note, I think that's all the time we have for today. That was very, I really enjoyed this. I mean, this was really fun. Um, all of you out there, smash the like button, leave some comments, um, you know, get this message out there. And look, Ethan, thank you so much for coming on. Really enjoyed this, and let's I talk really soon. You. Check out check out um, our video series that we are working on with our friend Augustina from Argentina. Um, it's on Ethan's Instagram. Check that out 
check that out as well. And yeah, see you next week. See ya.